What's that on your shirt? Omar Little. What's that from? The Wire. Michael K. Williams' character in The Wire. Come with the king. You best not miss. And welcome to the Going Down the List podcast. I'm E.T. Dubs. Today, here with... Your boy Oswald. That's right. Uh, we are finally finished with our seventh season one coverage and taking a break from that. Uh, you know, with the holidays, yeah. it, it stretched it out a little bit longer, right? It did. Um, more than nine weeks. It was probably closer to 12 or so. Um, but we got through it. That's the important thing. And that is not a light show. No. <clears throat> not to consume not to talk about in most instances and probably not to listen to us talk about and not, to, not something you have on the background while you're like you know folding laundry or like yeah, cooking dinner or something yeah, certainly not so what to remedy the darkness that's been hanging over the podcast uh what what are we doing here today oh well shoot now that you say it like that i guess my episode really didn't do that did it <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you know, there was, there was some light there. It, it was heavy, but. Oh, I think the overall, but anyways, we, we uh, decided to uh, both pick two or well, one episode each of just a random piece of uh, TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with, oh, what was the name of it? Papa's got a, a brand, brand new, new excuse. Yeah. From season four. Yes. Of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. Probably uh, the most iconic. We would say, right? Yeah. You know, the Fresh Prince, it... Well, let's go ahead and uh, just say what we're doing here. So then yours, what was yours? All right, mate. Mine is, uh, we watched the pilot Barry, which I can't, man, I can't remember the name of, but of course, Bill Hader's HBO show, um, which, wow, very violent. I, I think, especially in the earlier seasons, which we just watched the first episode, I, I think it lends itself more to comedy than it does to drama. Um, so I thought that was a good way to lighten the air a little bit. Yeah. But, um, so talking about the Fresh Prince first, that, I don't really want to talk too much about the episode in general. It was more or less just a, I guess, a refresh on the Fresh Prince because you're thinking about it, but just how it's that kind of TV that the sitcom, like, has really gone away like the mm-hmm. family sitcom mm-hmm. i feel like like camera yeah and like stage actual stage yes yeah they, there are not many of them anymore and they definitely aren't doing the viewership numbers that the fresh prince was doing i, I just really feel like that's i watched this video here recently about how streaming has like made everybody feel like disconnected because it was going over like the numbers of like uh, recently released uh, like streamed only video uh, content. So like, well, maybe not, not so much like Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones. Uh, got the other one I used, but oh, Breaking Bad or something like that. But then it goes back to when streaming wasn't around, and then you have like the viewership of uh, the season finale of Seinfeld. Uh, friends, yada yada yada, and Mash. Was, yeah, yeah, and it was saying that uh, the culture of 
everything being catered to your specific preferences mm-hmm. has like uh made it to where like nobody has like commonality between each other. Mm-hmm. Like everybody is so everything is hyper fixated to you. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no common ground. There's no more like mass spectacles like Seinfeld or MASH or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um that yeah. is true. I, I think what less people watch TV, I think probably percentage wise, especially like sit down and watch TV at night. Um, and there's so much more of it is the other thing. Like you say, they, it's, I don't even think it's just, um, every specific thing you want. I think TV just covers a lot more ground than it did. I mean, even 15 years ago. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. And that is both a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, it led to you know, a second golden age of television, um, which is still kind of, that was mixed in with the start of streaming sort of, but at this point, um, we're, we're past that, right? Yeah. We're, we're not in the second. It, it's all, it's all about the money now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about there. Ne- there's never going to be a show that, matches the viewership numbers that those were getting the only thing we have now is sports that has like that actual like everybody knows what you're talking about right well the yeah the top 100 telecasts every year like 96 of them are sports i think (laughs) um with the vast majority of those being football so yeah that's that's the only thing we're watching on live tv anymore and while streaming does do numbers it's just so much more scattered yeah right? I, I just feel like that's another big problem i'll say big problem but like something that leads to problems in our society is this disconnect that people feel I'm not saying that just because not people are not watching the same show that uh they go murder somebody or whatnot but mm-hmm. you know you just you just have you don't, you just don't feel like a part of anything mm-hmm. And then, but anyways, back to the Fresh Prince. <laughs> we got a little philosophical there. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like it did a really good job of hitting like in the uh, hitting like the big social issues, like in this, you know, uh, broken families, and another one uh, it talks about gun violence. Mm-hmm. So there, there's, I feel like uh, this TV show does a really good job of just hitting those, you know, hitting those high points, but also just making it funny at the same time mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's also there's a lot more demand i think for serialized storytelling now um as opposed to with fresh prince friends seinfeld for the most part sketch comedy in a way you, you can drop into any of those shows at any point and you don't need to know anything to enjoy an episode of them right if uh it's much harder to drop somebody into the middle of I feel like that's why uh, any I, show today. I feel like that's why I have such a hard time with shows that come out nowadays is because I really like that just I don't know that just nonsense from uh, like there is some canon between, but each one is independent from the last. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just miss that sometimes. You know? Yeah. The ability to turn off your brain while consuming and not just constantly having to think about everything. That's true. I. 
I have I gotta have a healthy mix, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I I like to think while I watch television, and I appreciate the art of storytelling that it requires to make me think a lot about television. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, sometimes yeah, you you just want to sit down on the couch and just watch laugh. a comfort show. Yeah. Um, which I, I guess, you know, like off at the office and 30 rock are for me, but it, Is, it, it, I would say make me think too. Um, but they, even those shows are wildly different than mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the sitcoms of the nineties and early two thousands. What was the pizzazz you feel like they had? Did you say some zazz? Pizzazz. Some pizzazz. Yeah. What was the, the thing they had that just made them. Those shows specifically, The Office and Thirty and Thirty Rock. Oh no, just all like ninety sitcoms, like you know. Oh uh, well, yeah, I think a lot of it is, you know, familiarity and just being in the right time slot. With friends, a lot of people, you know, you can find yourself in one of those characters probably, and there's something about the fantasy of that living in new york and you know they're never really having to work no response no true responsibility no hardship yeah exactly um oh yeah get it we have some audio texture right now yeah ak's over here getting after the tube um but i mean seinfeld of course was different i think than anything i I say this, I wasn't alive. Seinfeld, I think, was different than anything on television had been. Um, a lot more pessimistic view of society um, filtered through those characters. That Everything didn't necessarily work out the greatest or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, almost never. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the Fresh Prince, there's this, the, the family of it all, I think. You know, everybody, Uncle Phil is... An American icon, a father figure. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil, for real. (laughs) You know, he's immortalized in rap. That's right. If J. Cole is shouting you out, then then you did something right. For real. I mean, but honestly, though, I mean. Well, hold on. In that same song, that (laughs) Jada and that Will love, which I don't know. I don't want to. We don't like do a whole bunch of celebrity gossip on this show but But this was pre the table talk thing yeah i mean it's so i don't know it's sad for me and i don't know how you feel about it but to see him uh in this situation and of course i what he did at the oscars was terrible yeah but i i think there's a real case to be made that he's in a toxic relationship yeah i don't like full marriage i don't like jada Oh, I mean, she, you know, I, I don't know her personally, but it I don't seems either. like she's evil. But, but, but based on her on-screen appearances in, on, in like, uh, award shows and just whatnot, mm-hmm. I do not like her. Yeah. I, I, I seem, I feel like Will's just trying to make her happy and it's like. Yeah, and it, why? Yeah. <laughs> why, Will? You're. Oh. I don't know if it's to hold on to this image, but. Yeah. America loves Will Smith, bro. Yeah, it's true. He, um, he, he, he sold, he's been in movies. He was Donald Glover before Donald Glover. Yeah, in a way, that's true. He was in movies, TV yeah. shows, and sold music. Yeah. Really well, too. Mm-hmm. 
No, I maybe even better than Donald. Oh, I not, I, not, I'll not, take issue with that. Not saying content. Not saying content. I'm saying record sales. Uh, oh well, yeah. I mean, but that also goes back to maybe his popularity in The Fresh Prince well, and all that. Well, I think well, he was the, also. Go ahead. I like you were just talking about the. I mean, the amount of media we have. I, Childish Gambino is such a very specific genre, especially his actual rap. I mean, the more recent albums he's done, you can't call them more mainstream, I guess. But as far as his rapping goes, it is not... It's not radio-friendly. Yeah, it's not something that the average rap fan likes, Mm -hmm. um, I think, generally. Uh, But that that i don't think he could have existed no, at the time sure. will no. smith was rapping no uh, we also talked about a little bit we feel he gets too much disrespect for being a clean rapper yeah because that, that's hard to do to like be as successful as he is, like was because he was he sold he sold a lot he did big willie style is a heck of an album his just the two of us mm-hmm fantastic very emotional song and comes back to the core of this episode we watched um and i mean yeah we we haven't really dived into it too deep but just the you want to talk about the ending at all i mean this is this is what everybody comes for in this episode i feel like this ending launched i don't know will smith's acting uh timeline mm-hmm. but if he wasn't already like movie star number one i feel like that uh that scene at the end right there where he breaks down mm-hmm. is perfect acting like i don't know i just felt like that felt genuine you know yeah there was raw emotion in it he was bringing it from a real place um yeah like we talked about ellie and the season finale of Severance, reciting the break room thing to herself oh, yeah. in order to make that speech. I wonder what he did. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'd, I'd have to know more about Will Smith. Um, but then, like that hug with Uncle Phil at the end, that yeah. felt like whew. yeah, that was really really good. I've seen this scene, you know, what fifty times in my life probably, and it still makes an impact. So that's that's good tv i mean yeah um there's some i i guess i want to talk about his i always whenever i think about will smith the first thing that i can think of is him turning down the role of Django to be an after earth with Jaden <laughs> and just <laughs> like what the, cause it was like Will Smith, this should be doing Oscar winning roles right now, but no, he's doing this. But then finally, you seeing know, Django, I would not have wanted Will Smith in it. <laughs> Jamie Foxx is perfect in that role. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Will Smith would have been very good, I think. And But that just doesn't fit his, his image, you know? It, it would have been different. He, he, um, cause he, he's painted a very, family-oriented image, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, he's in some... He's in some... He's in some risky Some there. non-family movies, yeah, for but, sure. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, overall, though. I don't know. Yeah, I... It just seemed like a weird... 
it would be a weird movie for you. Man, have you ever seen, uh, what is it, Seven Pounds? Oh, I love Seven Pounds. That's that's a heavy movie. Yeah, that's pretty dark stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, like, not so much dark, but just, like, I'm not saying it's a lewd movie, but just the brashness of it. Mm. That's what I'm saying. The More violence. Yeah. But then I'd say bad boys. True. True. He knows a lot of stuff. True. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm talking about here, though, is uh, it seemed like he he missed about 10 years of prime acting. But then he came back with King Richard, um, which, of course, that was the Oscar he won that night. Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Really good. That's the kind of stuff I've been waiting to see from Will Smith for a long time. So, did you have anything else on that episode? Uh, no. I had the Hollywood strike <laughs> for a reason, people. Oof. <laughs> We're in rough shape right now. We'll um, come back with the fourth installment of Bad Boys. I think it's time to go on strike again. Got Dune 2 coming out. I think Next we need to go on a viewer strike. <laughs> That's what we need—a viewer strike. Just give us some, give us something original, EPs. <clears throat> I, uh, oh man, what is it coming out? I know Dune. I just said that, but there's something else. Wait, we're already in Dune too. Yeah. Didn't that just come out last year? No, no, it was it was like 2020. People, it's its release has been. Delayed. Yeah, the pandemic fucked up my memory of movies. I think it came out in 2020. Did you see Dune? No. 2021. Mm. It. I mean, <clears throat> it feels like half a movie to me. It's which... like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you? Have you? Do you know anything about like Dune? I mean, there's like a sandworm. Yeah. It's like a desert. <laughs> that's that's basically all I know. Yeah. It is. I've never read any of the books, but I have read all the like cliff notes of all 13 or whatever. Because like the main Frank Herbert, the main author died and his son started writing to continue the series. So it it's is in a total, So it's pinned in a different voice, like a different writing style. Yeah, he. I, that's a big discussion amongst the fans, I think, that because he claims to be like using notes of his father's yeah but nobody can purely imitate my writing style yeah that's that's an interesting ethical question i think um similar to ghost set of watchmen being released by harper lee when she was not necessarily in the best state of mind Hmm. the original draft for To Kill a Mockingbird, which I still haven't read. I'm still upset about that situation. <laughs> um, so wait, the one that everybody knows is like the questionable, quote-unquote questionable version, or what? What do you mean? Uh, so To, you know, you know, to yeah. Kill a Mockingbird, um, I don't know. It's probably like a decade. Maybe it's 15 years ago now. Time's starting to move on me. Uh, she had, I think, like a niece who was her caretaker, and it was a situation like, oh, yeah, we found the original manuscripts for To Kill a Mockingbird, um, like what she very first wrote. And it's a it's a whole different story, um, like Scout is older, a whole different thing going on. Um, but she 
sat that down and ended up writing To Kill a Mockingbird. And I've read a lot of reviews which have essentially said, you can see why she did that. Um, so there's a question of why this was released. If it was just for financial gain by her Release. family, yeah. Um, did she really want it to be released? Because she went her whole life without ever releasing. saying anything about it. Um, huh. Yeah. So interesting. I don't know. Um, you want to take a quick break and then we'll talk about Barry? Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Going Down the List podcast. Uh, so now we're going to discuss season one, episode one of Barry which I still didn't look up the name for during the break, but uh, just what are your initial thoughts? Interesting. Mm -hmm. At first, I don't know. It's funny. And it's, I feel like it's a lot of times it's funny when it's not trying to be funny. I mm -hmm. don't know if that's just me being weird. No, I, I, I think it's, a distinctly Bill Hader thing. Mm -hmm. Like just awkward comedy. In yeah. A way. Um, do you have a whole lot of familiarity with him? You're not like a big SNL. You weren't like a big mm -hmm. SNL watcher back in the day. Mm -hmm. You see, when I was like... But I, I know he was in it. Right. I've seen all the ones of like him breaking. Mm -hmm. It was fucking hilarious. You've seen Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, he was... Yeah, because I don't watch snl now i mean unless there's somebody hosting i really want to see but back then when it was you know, had like him andy sandberg jason sudeikis keenan of course was still there um kristen wig uh, just a real who's who lineup um and it, it was a different show back then bill Hader was certainly one of my favorite parts and it's just it's wild um to see that guy because you know not only is he starring in the show but he mm -hmm. is directing I, he directed this episode he doesn't direct every episode he did in the last but season but he has a creative hand in it yeah it's a pretty significant one okay. um which i <clears throat> that's just cool to see hey you somebody know, that acts and can yeah love a multi-hyphenate <laughs> well yeah well because then like you you get the the feeling that this they're they're doing something they actually want to do. Yes, it is a personal project. Like, them. it almost feels like you get a little bit more out of them. Yeah. I, I felt that way about the first two seasons of Ted Lasso. Um, hate to go there again, but... <laughs> I feel like we're eventually going to have to do this. Uh, yeah, we're just, <laughs> we're going to be teasing the Ted Lasso scathing season three review forever. It's going to be the last episode of the podcast <laughs> 90 years from now. We had to, we'll all be AI voices. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, Barry, not like a whole lot else television-wise, right? No, just like you get this, this impression that he's just like this awkward. Like you don't really, because not until the end do you really understand what his deal is, I guess you can say, because yeah. like you really just get like he's just like awkward, doesn't really fit in, antisocial kind of deal, mm -hmm. and then like he double sides as like a hitman, right? 
I love the fucking Chechens, though. Those motherfuckers were hilarious. Noho Hank is one of my favorite TV characters of the past five years. He, uh, if you end up continuing to watch that show, you'll probably feel the same way. He, not very awesome. long, not very long lived character. <laughs> no, he, I mean, just right out the gate with the lipstick camera there, though. Gotta have the lipstick camera. <laughs> Um, <sighs> it it ran for four seasons, and like I said, I've seen all of it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. When did it come out? Twenty eighteen. Really? No this is pre-pandemic. Yeah. This was like a post-pandemic. I thought this was recent. This feels like post-pandemic. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty. I mean, he he's on it. Yeah, twenty eighteen to twenty twenty three because the last season just came. This out feels like. Pre-pan, I mean, uh, this feels like current pandemic cabin free uh, crazy episodes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. TV series. I didn't know this was po- uh, pre. Okay, interesting. I guess kind of like I haven't seen the show on Netflix Beef, but from what I've read, it sounds maybe kind of similarly zany. And that's a, a post-pandemic show, of course. Mm-hmm. I just feel like a lot of like after like the like post-pandemic, a lot of the TVs has kind of gone. Not gone, like not a bad way or anything, but there's a lot more zane and weird out there now. Yeah, it's true. What does that say about our preferences? The solitude really fucks up people. <laughs> Go talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah, so there's a um, interesting thing here. Barry and Succession were, I guess, the two biggest shows on HBO the past few years, and both of them ended right around the same time, if not the very same Sunday night. So I'm interested to see. I, you know, we got White Lotus from HBO, House of the Dragon. I know people are very excitedly waiting for season two of that. I have not seen season one. of Oh, that's the Game of Thrones. Yeah, the Targaryen uh, show. Um, how, how, how has the public reacted to it? I think fairly good. Let's see. Because I've forgotten all about it. I haven't heard anything else about it. It, it. it came out so long ago. I mean, it's been two or three years, I think. Really? Yeah. Taking their time. It's got a 93% tomato meter and an 82% audience. But why, though? I guess people just wanted an ending, but isn't this before? Yeah, this is like that more than 100 years before. But why? why? And it's it's based on uh, not... There's... I think it's called Blood and Fire, and it's like the... It's almost like an encyclopedic book on the Targaryen house. Um, and it it's just like information, essentially, so, that so, George R.R. R. Martin wrote. So, so, they're pull, so they're pulling information from this and creating a war... They're, they're pulling the lore and creating stories to fit it. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I Like, I understand the last season of fucking Game of Thrones sucked, but we didn't need a whole 100-year Targaryen prequel. I just didn't... I don't really have a taste for it after the ending to Game of Thrones, Yeah, personally. They... <sighs> I don't know, Ed, but 
maybe I should give it an honest chance since it's got good scores. It's just a personal thing. It's just a personal thing. And plus, like those those shows are a lot. Yeah, that's all. That's a big commitment. It is hour piece. Mm-hmm. Big. You got to keep up with a lot of characters. There's a, there's a lot of different storylines going names on. Names are very similar. All they, these they, people are blonde. They might not touch their C plot until like three episodes down the line. <laughs> but you totally forget what the fuck's going on. You need to have a good C plot to keep people entertained. What's going on in the kitchen? Yeah. You know, let me see the rolls bacon. But not only did Game of Thrones have C plots, they had like E's, D's. That's true. Rarely did you. I I can only think of like a few episodes where you were in one place. I think maybe like the Battle of the Blackwater. Yeah. Um, at Winterfell, the Battle of Winterfell. Of but towards the end, the yeah. long night. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, they were just jetpacking um, all over the place, like months ahead and whatever. It was. It made no. Well, you could tell the the showrunners Dave and Dan wanted to wrap it up, and that's unfortunate that they let them do it like that. But, um, yeah, I I don't really have anything else on Barry. Um, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I think we should. Do we want to allude to what we have in store for our viewers next week? Yes. Um, so this is a very, very exciting special episode. Berry Berry. <laughs> uh, double Berry exciting episode coming up next week. We will be having, for the first time and going down the list history, a guest, uh, Mr. Teron Jackson, current Philadelphia Eagle and alum of Coastal Carolina University and Silver Bluff High School. Um, we'll have him on. That's the day before the Super Bowl, so surely we'll have some Super Bowl predictions. We'll talk to him about his time in the NFL so far, uh, his time, time in college. Coastal. Yeah, um, certainly some opinions. He, he was at Coastal Carolina during their 2020 season, uh, including that, that game, the Mormons versus the Mullets, BYU Coastal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I want to talk to him about playoff expansion and his thoughts on that and what it means for Coastal Carolina. Um, and just yeah. how, you know, just how it felt to be at Coastal during that time, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> like, first time they're, I won't say not the first time they're relevant because they have baseball. Right. They had won a national championship in baseball about five years ago. So, yeah, they're, they're relevant. But to come. It's a whole different level. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, college baseball does not have the eyeballs that college football has. Um, so, yeah, they were on a, they had a national profile. And they still do because of it, and they're mm-hmm. still a very good football program. I feel like because of that, because of mm-hmm. Tron's class and maybe a class before him and mm-hmm. whatnot. Setting a standard. Yeah, I, I, that would definitely be an interesting thing, just like the culture of the uh, school around that time. Yeah, program building. Yeah. Um, so that's all we got for today. Um, correct? Yeah. I think we make good time here, and... Hopefully you all enjoyed this. We appreciate you listening as always. Give us a follow on Twitter at GDL Pod. We're on Apple and Spotify. This has been the Going Down the List Podcast. I'm E.T. Dubs. I'm your boy Oswald. Thank you for listening and please drive home safely. <laughs>